then I would be able to welcome Mariam kindly kindly pray for us Hi Steve thanks I uh, okay uh, let us pray dear, dear heavenly father we come to you this evening as we start our session for today may you be amidst us and guide our thoughts and mind as we as we discuss this noble cause i pray all this believing and trusting in jesus name amen amen uh, thank you marion for, for the prayer uh, this particular time i want to introduce our participants of today and uh, uh, we have people from various uh, various organizations coming in uh, that is uh, from the two major organizations who are partnered to ensure that this is brought to us that is netplus and with foundation and uh, also everyone else who's joined us from all quarters and corners of uh, this country and even the beyond the borders of this country we acknowledge your presence and we thank you that you have found time to be with us uh so i'll just go ahead and uh uh introduce the organizations and at this particular time let me welcome uh Cheryl to talk a little bit of on netplus then we'll have Marion uh help us talk on behalf of Wet Foundation then we'll be able to introduce the, our first speaker who is Tatum Jaka. Cheryl. Hello, hello everyone. Thank you Steve for the opportunity. Um glad to be here looking forward to getting some amazing insights. My name is Cheryl Okumu. I am the co-founder of Netplus. Um Netplus is a community-based agency and what we do basically is talent and skill promotion as a tool to provide economic empowerment to vulnerable groups. Our key focus has been persons who are differently abled and also just addressing menstrual health issues amongst other reproductive health aspects. So um we've done a couple of projects and it's been an honor and a pleasure to be able to partner with Wealth and see how we can take things to the next level. Our goal is to be able to encourage more people to be change makers on the ground by being advocates for the rights of these girls and these women who are not aware or who need help and not just us as females but also incorporating the males in this movement because this is something that affects all of us in different regards and we all have a role to play so i hope you'll be enlightened in this session and stay tuned to the many more that will happen because this happens every month thank you thank you Cheryl uh we really appreciate uh, could you then have uh, Marion kindly uh, help us introduce with foundation Hi guys, welcome to this evening's session. Um, my name is Marion Goya. I'm a co-founder of Gweth. And Gweth is a CPO based in Homa Bay County here in Kenya. So what we basically do is um, we try to help instill skills and empower girls from the rural areas to be aware of what they are transitioning into and we also have livelihood programs that support uh, guardians and the community as as a whole so we're just glad that we could do this partnership with netplus and become 
more of change makers in our community just like Cheryl has said I don't want to like repeat but that's basically what we do and we learn from this and I'm in to learn a lot from today's topic so everyone welcome thank you thank you Marion uh just to get this wheel uh, going and even as we've started then uh, this particular time I want to introduce uh, or give an opportunity for our speakers to be able to introduce themselves. They were uh, very uh, big uh, uh, kind of uh, titles and uh, they, their work has been really adverse. They are doing a lot in the field of menstrual hygiene and just other 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 fields to ensure that our girls are are well uh, have been built in terms of capacity on issues of menstrual health so at this particular time let me introduce tatu mjaka tatu is the program field coordinator at zana africa uh, she has a lot of background in child rights programming child protection she deals with issues of gender equality and she has a huge and a wide experience working in school with schools and communities in ensuring that uh, girls get uh, sanitary towels and that reproductive health is uh, achieved uh, within also the quarters of universal health uh, she holds a bachelor of, of arts in com uh, development studies from mount kenya university She's also a holder of Diploma in Community Development and proje Project Management from Kenya College of Commerce and Hospitality. She's, in the, she's been in the field for over 15 years and she has uh, work on issues with advocacy, development work, uh, networking and partnership, has done issues of resource mobilization, uh, has implemented issues to do with uh, mentorship and has ensured that uh, uh, the community's capacities have been built. So could we please welcome Tatu Njaka. Tatu Karibu. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for My name is Tatu Njaka and I work for Zan Africa as a program field coordinator. And um, we are doing uh, some work on the ground. Then Africa unlock the opportunity and support for girls to ensure they manage their menstruation in a dignified manner and with the right information. So basically what we are doing, we are supporting girls with sanitary towels. At the same time, we are empowering them with skills and information where we deliver quality session on sexual reproductive health. So currently we are working, uh, let me say across the country, directly and indirectly. When I say direct, we are implementing our own programs, like in different counties, where we are working in some schools and uh, we are delivering the college sessions on sexual reproductive health. We are also providing the sanitary towels to the girls in uh, over 10 schools currently and uh, in these schools we are not only working with girls 
Uh, we are also working with boys because the information on reproductive health it is relevant to both girls and boys. Again, we are working with communities around. That means we are also working with their parents. We are working with other key stakeholders in the children's sector, especially on the area of sexual reproductive health and education. So we have also been working with partners across to deliver our curriculum, the new curriculum, because when we're talking about the sessions, we have actually a curriculum that we are using. So through our partners, we have also reached quite a number of children who are also benefiting with this right information. But as much as they are having parts in school, but still this information helps them to make right decisions to understand what is menstruation and also get empowered how to deal with issues that are arising as a result of menstruation. So basically we have a lot, but for the sake of time, let us stop there. Okay, wow. Thank you. Thank you, Tatu, for, for that. We really want to appreciate the work that you're doing with the communities and just being change agents and just ensuring that this uh, society is transformed and also that the capacity of the capacity of our young girls are really built in, in the areas of mental health mental, mental health now uh maybe just to uh welcome marie to just introduce herself and then we will go back to tattoo doing the first presentation after marie has introduced herself karibu marie mute myself hello hi marie okay thank you good evening everyone thank you stephen you could have introduced me you know sometimes i'm <laughs> i'm like what am i saying about myself what am i not saying about myself so just, it's, just, it is an honor yes stephen just touch a little bit on the areas that you you specialize in <laughs> okay thank you so yeah. i'm going to do that okay uh I don't know where the echo is coming from. Is it for me? I don't have no other gadget on. Is it okay? Yeah, now it sounds better. Okay. So, my name is Maria Banga. Um, I'm from Cameroon. Well, I'm a woman, I'm a mother, uh, I'm a lawyer, I'm a psychotherapist. Um, I'm a mental health advocate and um, I am the country representative for the Global Mental Health Pain Network and also the regional representative for Africa. So um, I'm also a person with a lived experience of mental illness. So I'm very passionate about mental health, mental health matters, and how every other thing that happens in our life can affect our mental health. I've written books, I talk all over the place about it. And yeah, I also like talking about menstruation matters because um, as a girl growing up, it wasn't talked about in my community at all. And I have a personal experience about how not knowing what to do got me um, embarrassed and got me into some kind of trouble. So I think that it's very important to talk about um, menstruation matters and the earlier we start the better that is not if not only when the girl has started menstruating but even before because sometimes some people don't some girls don't know what to do some have the menstruation kit and parts but don't know how to use them so
some don't understand their cycles some are so embarrassed and ashamed because their brothers or you know their parents don't talk about it for whatever reason be it cultural reason religious reasons all of that and those things can affect um the girl's mental health and so we are going to be looking at that and um, as a therapist i've also worked with some young girls who have had problems because they missed their cycle they didn't understand it they got stained in school or they stayed out of school because they couldn't afford so i'm really um, excited to look at all of those things thank you wow thank you marie uh, that's a lot that you're doing within your field and we really appreciate you and uh, acknowledge the work that you are doing within the field so at this particular time let's just dive in and welcome tatu to who is our first speaker of the day to continue i'm kindly asking that the questions can just be sent via our chat box uh, so that once she's done with the presentation then we'll give her a chance to be able to answer some of the questions that uh, and comments that you'll be uh, you our our participants will be be putting across karibu sana tatu Tattoo. Hello. Hello, Tattoo, we can hear you. Hi, Tattoo, how are you? I'm doing well, I'm fine. Floor is yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially in the communities where there are so much expectation 
In fact, in some communities, these girls at this age will be expected to marry. These girls at this stage should be expected to do some works that are not aware of. But just because they are menstruating, the situation has changed. There's also pressure from schools that they should perform well. Despite the challenges, no one has focused, but still these girls are expected to perform well. So at this level, you realize this particular child has got so much in her mind that she needs to do on top of the menstruation. Next slide. Yeah, so when we're talking menstruation, the next uh, issue we need to bring in or we need to understand it is now how do we manage menstruation? So menstruation health and uh, hygiene management become very key. It is very important. How do we talk about menstruation? And uh, for this case, we we'll not only talk about uh, managing menstruation with the products, but we should also consider other factors that encompasses around menstruation health management. So anytime we are talking about menstruation management, we should also focus on the health of these children or the health of the menstruator in that this person should be in good health, should be eating well, should have proper standards of hygiene, should have products that she can manage her menstruation in a dignity manner. And their well-being, that is the environment. They should be in a good environment, they should be happy. And again, gender equality should also be discussed alongside menstruation health management. And when we are talking about gender equality, we are talking things like uh, at this level, the girls or the menstruators, that is, all the females, should have facilities, should have rights that are considered fair to them in terms of opportunities, in terms of resources, should be provided to them equally. Because there are times, because of their gender or because they are menstruating, some opportunities will not be provided to them equally. Again, because of menstruation, we also need to have proper information. And this information is through education. Girls need to understand the biology of menstruation. If it happens, how do I deal with it? Whom do I talk to? If maybe simple issues like menstruation pain, how am I supposed to handle myself? Then there are issues of dignity, just the fairness, like the resources again. Maybe in schools where we're having that, let's say we are having a H toilet, instead of saying that maybe we divide them equally we should provide them based on the need maybe we can choose to have like six for girls and two for boys that to make sure even if they are menstruating but they are also handling their menstruation in a proper manner then again the discussion menstruation should also include empowerment empowerment at this level we're talking of the girls themselves to understand who they are to understand what they need and take it upon themselves to speak about their issues, to speak about the changes that comes in because of the question. Like uh, I just mentioned earlier, maybe there are those expectations in the community because you are menstruating, which means you already a mature woman, you should get married or you should drop out of school, you should be in a sexual uh, relationship. So this girl can say no, and she cannot say no unless she is empowered with the right information and right skills to do that. Then the discussion menstruation should also include a right, rights and responsibilities, that this girl should know their rights as they are menstruating, as girls, what are their rights, what are their responsibilities at this time. Maybe they should also have a responsibility to take care of their own bodies. 
they should always have a responsibility to speak up when issues affecting their sexual rights are violated because this is the time that you realize some of these people end up being abused so they should not be quiet but actually their rights should be promoted and it should be protected by all next slide yeah so there are, as i mentioned earlier menstruation is not a new discussion it has been there since time in memorial and during that time people had many different ways to manage menstruation but uh, the most important is to manage menstruation in a proper and dignity manner so there are various products that are used to manage menstruation um, and when i'm talking about these products i don't mean these ones are better these ones are not better these ones are okay, good people but the most important someone should ensure they promote the menstruation health proper management of their menstruation but should also consider accessibility of this material and also depending on their own values whether they like to use them or they don't like to use them it is their choice for example we have a very usable pads a pad that you can use when you're menstruating and when it is soft and just remove it wash it and make sure you dry it well and you can use it another time we also have uh, disposable pads the disposable pads are also good these are one of pads you can use it up to a maximum of uh let's say six to eight hours but again depending on your flow you can decide when to remove it but it still maintains high standard of hygiene and the proper way to dispose because again we need to protect our environment there are also other products like the tampoon tampoons are finger like products so again based on your value you can use the tampoon and just manage your menstruation this is okay it is just it's like a finger you just insert it and then when you feel it is soft you can remove clean yourself and replace then we also have a, a, menstrual, a menstrual cup the menstrual cup just look like a like a small cup it is made of a silicone material which is body friendly again you can use it to manage your menstruation for this one you can stay for for the menstrual cup even up to 10 hours once you feel it is full you can remove the wash and replace so we we also have our own homemade parts you can use an old piece of cloth you can wash it and then make sure it is well dried up and then use it so depending on uh, accessibility availability and even your own value but the bottom line you should manage your menstruation in a dignity manner to promote your own health next slide yeah so despite the availability of the menstruation health product still there are challenges not everyone can uh, access the material for example when these uh, young people or the people who are menstruating lack the products what will happen their health and safety is put into uh in, into a situation that is compromised because at this time now they can use anything because maybe a girl doesn't want to miss school she can choose to take anything even if it means a piece of mattress just to manage their menstruation which is not good at all then there are issues of school attendance although the evidence here is mixed because we have other factors that are contributing to school attendance maybe children are missing out of school because of menstruation although there are many other uh, reasons 
that may cause the same girl not to attend school. Maybe others are not coming to school because uh, they have painful periods or they don't have the sanitary towels, among other issues which will affect their uh, school attendance and of course the performance will not be good and in the process they may even drop out of school. Then the issue of shame and stress. Some of them are afraid. When I go to school, I have a menstruating in case I spend my start, people will laugh at me. People will look at me badly. So they'll decide to keep off. This is a challenge that makes uh, the whole uh, menstruation, which is a biological process, a challenge to many young girls. Then there are these social sanctions. Most of these are just uh, accompanied by the means we have in our own communities. Because you are menstruating, you are restricted to perform some duties, some activities. So it created the whole issue of uh, discrimination, gender inequality. So you feel like a, a human, okay, or rather a woman is not worthy. So she feels like I should not be there, I should not participate, I should not contribute in this manner. Because not all of them are, are accessing the material and maybe they desire in their hearts to have good products like sanitary towels they can even end up having transsexual sex for sanitary pads. We've had so many cases of uh, sex for pads. For example, just a recent study in West, uh, Western Kenya shows that 10% of these girls, they get their pads after selling their body. Again, we said this is a bio natural biological process, but it has now become like a, a vice affecting their own lives. Now, this is a greater risk of teenage pregnancy, uh, sexual transmitted uh, infection and HIV. If someone is exposed to sex, maybe they don't have right information, so they'll end up having such challenges. Next. Yeah. So, uh, the effect of their mental wellness. Now, poor menstrual health uh, management puts girls and women at disadvantage, such as limited knowledge and poor access to safe and affordable methods and material and consequently interfere with their mental well-being. For example, it will result to poor or low self-esteem because it's like, I don't know what to do. So I can do anything as long as I get the pass and that is interfere with their self-esteem. Again, child marriages. So at a tender age, they end up getting married not by choice, but by circumstances, the push and pull factors that will subject them. Then the issues of uh, gender-based violence come in because they are women, then they end up being abused sexually, and you know that is a form of GBV. Uh, as a result of this, again, you realize they are affected mentally because now they end up in conflict because they start a conflict with their own values. Maybe they know as a girl, I should not engage in marital sex, but because I cannot access the sanitary power, I have no choice. I'll just sell my body and get the pads. Maybe they're also being stressed. Now they're stressed. They have pressure at home. They have pressure at school. And maybe they don't have even a safe space to share their anxiety and fear and depression. So this one in all, in all affects their mental wellness. Then managing menstruation in a different manner, among others. Because when they don't have this, they can't do anything. So as a result, 
we've seen cases of children or rather adolescent girls and youth having UTIs, vaginal infections, diseases, and also even when they have it, they don't have the safe space. They don't have people to share with. So they battle this disease and some of them have greater impact in their lives in future. Inadequate menstrual sanitation. Uh, we are aware, especially in the rural areas and uh, in slum areas, we don't have adequate uh, sanitation facilities, like the toilets. Maybe uh, 10 households are using one toilet, so it's like you have to wait, or maybe you have to pay for you to use the facility. So we realize it just brings you some sort of trauma, like, now what am I supposed to do? How do I keep myself? So inadequate of those uh, facilities keep girls in a situation of mental wellness being disturbed. Then lack of inadequate access to reliable reproductive health information. So because most of our facilities are not uh, youth friendly or they are not child friendly, where girls can just walk in and just find out or ask some questions. Many times you have to go maybe accompanied by your mother or you have to miss school to go and get such services. For example, there are cases nowadays which are rising up. I don't have data, so I won't comment in terms of numbers. But uh, we've had cases where children have severe uh, pain during their menstruation. But most of us, we have just taken it for granted. We just tell girls it is normal, it is normal. And when they grow up, they realize they have serious medical conditions, which were not tackled early enough. So that one in itself affects their mental wellness. Next slide. Next slide, yes, thank you. Now, there's so much we've heard about menstruation, but it's still as uh, people working to promote the sexual reproductive health education and rights for the youth and children, I have some few recommendations that uh, we need to consider, both as the organization, even with our governments that can uh, put in place to ensure our girls go through menstruation in a proper and dignity manner. For example, menstruation health and hygiene management must be built into a healthy emergency responses, including during this COVID-19 pandemic, that if you go to hospital, if you go to anywhere there where you are looking for services, the issue of menstruation health it should not be like an extra or something should not be had, but it should go hand in hand. And then uh, we should also prioritize the needs for marginalized people, like people living with disability, poor girls from poor background, especially from slums and rural remote areas. Like people with disability, many times we've been working with children Okay, let me let me use this word, normal children. Normal children is like uh, now those children who can hear, those children can see. But at the same time, we are having children who have challenges. They are living with disabilities. They don't talk, so they don't know whom to speak to. Maybe they need this uh, safe space to talk about menstruation, but most of us, we are not able to reach them. So we assume they'll manage their own way. So it is very important to process their needs and also the poor girls from uh, uh, poor back, uh, background. Uh, for example, in Kenya, there are over 5 million girls who are menstruating, and uh, that is from the age of 10 to 19. But again, out of these, 2.6 are depending on donation. They are depending on schools. 
So if uh, like now they're not going to school, so you are wondering where do they get the parts to manage their menstruation. So it's something we need to prioritize in terms of budget, in terms of uh, programs to make sure they are also made. Then provide right-based education on the practices of menstruation health uh, to all girls uh, and youth, as this will help them to manage their own uh, menstruation, that is in terms of information, in terms of skill, because they'll know when and where to seek their help. Instead of guessing our girls, spending their skirts in school, doing all manner of negative things and we laugh at them. But when they have right information, they'll make right decisions. Could it be out of this education, they'll also be able to manage issues like anger, stress, child pregnancies, because they have information. Other than waiting for us to just react when they are pregnant, they are out of school, or they're in relationships that we don't approve. Then we should provide gender sensitive and inclusive response services. We should also ensure that uh, our services are gender sensitive. Like if this girl has to go to school, for example, their issues should be addressed as girls. If they are going to a hospital, maybe they should also be addressed as girls. So wherever they are going, the issue of gender sensitivity should be put in place. And not only in terms of services, but again, even in terms of budgeting and programming. Next slide. Yeah, so as an organization, oh, we have done some of this work and we have a lot of experience to share, uh, especially from the field of Kilifi. We have our own school programs where we are delivering life skills education to over 3,000 uh, 600 uh, adolescent girls and boys across the 10 schools. So we are having these sessions in schools. And uh, for this one, we are working with both girls and boys. As I mentioned earlier, sexual reproductive health is not a, a female affair. It is both male and female an important discussion to learn and understand. So uh, during the sessions, like uh, in the afternoon, after classes, we have girls and boys sitting in the sessions and learn through our curriculum. And um, we have also been providing parts in those schools to all menstruating girls. Uh, that uh, means not uh, girls in class four and above, as many of us would assume, but where we are working because of late enrollment, we have girls as low as class one who are already menstruating. So we have been providing uh, sanitary towels every month plus uh, panties and uh, for those girls who are not maybe able to attend the sessions uh, we've been having short sessions where we just share because at this age uh, of adolescents with these issues of menstruation they have many questions and maybe they don't have people to talk to right from school even at home because menstruation is not a cup of tea for many houses to be consumed. So we talk to them, we tell them about menstruation health management, we teach them life skills, that how they can manage themselves, how they can get empowered, and how they can achieve their goals, despite the fact that they are girls and maybe the community or society may look at them otherwise. Next slide. Yeah, then uh, through our partners, we have also delivered our curriculum and uh, we have reached quite a number uh, because um, that is across the country. We have partners who are implementing uh, similar programs and we have trained them 
to train their adolescents to have this right information through our Niayetu curriculum. That is the manual we are using. Then uh, in terms of social and behavior change communication, Zan Africa developed comics and visual content uh, for adolescents so that they can have something to read because uh, what is lacking is information. So this information is developed and customized in a friendly manner that girls can read and answer many of their questions that are challenging them, including questions on menstruation, issues of decision making, issues of uh, relationships, issues of stress, anger and management, among others. Then uh, we also support uh, adolescents and others to receive health services they need through our partnership. So we are working with other partners because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are working in limited area and so far maybe we have this like, since we started, like maybe 50,000 plus. But still, through partnership, we have other partners who are also responding to some of these issues. For example, we have the Ask Antigen. So if a girl has any question, their contacts are here. We'll share maybe later. Has a question, they can ask and they'll be answered. These questions will be answered in a proper way. And I just want to assure anyone who would want to reach them that it is safe space. They will not judge you, but they'll actually help you. And uh, they are toll free. We also have Mom's Village. This is where the adults now can ask issues regarding to family planning. Because uh, we have, uh, maybe you want to use a certain uh, family planning, you don't know how to go about it. So they'll definitely ask you, or rather they'll guide you what to do. And then we also have the views. They also have some information. So maybe at the end of the session, if you allow me, I'll share the contacts with you. So in case anyone has a question and we are not able to reach us as Sana, you can definitely go through the partners and you'll be answered. Next question. Or rather, next slide, okay, thank you. Let me end there for today, but in case you have any question that I'll not be able to answer in this forum, I understand because of time, you can still reach me via email that is tattoo at zanafrica.org, zanafrica is one word, or you can email info at zanafrica.org. We are also on Facebook, that is Nyayangu K, that is Nyayangu, N is capital, Y is capital, K-E is capital, you can still hit us again, Yangunia. Y is capital and N for near is smaller. So thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to me. I believe we have learned something. And if there's any question, any clarification, I'm willing to respond. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Tatu. Uh, that has been very tremendous. And we really appreciate uh you for taking us through that presentation. Uh, there are a few questions that have just come in. Uh, probably you can just take like three or, or two minutes to be able to answer this. And the first question has come from Mary Obiese, who is asking, does tampoon or the cup have side effects? Then we also have Irene Atieno asking, uh, do we have social platform where girls can visit to get the right information on menstrual health um, yeah where girls can get menstrual health information so kindly quickly just respond to that before 
I welcome Marion to uh, welcome our second speaker. Thank you very much, Well, thank you, Tatu. That was Tatu from Tatu Mjaka from Zana Africa, and we appreciate that you've been able to respond to those questions. And uh, thank you also as well for your presentation. Uh, we want to believe everyone has learned something, and uh, we are going to go out there to just uh, bring the positive change in the world of menstrual health. So, at this particular time, let me uh, welcome Marion to be able to uh, uh, help us introduce the second speaker and also just uh, help in uh, moderating the second session. Karibu Marion. Hello again. Um, thanks Steve for welcoming me again. And I think the presentation has got a lot of insights and I've learned very important things that Kenya, we are going to a different environment as well right now because we can, through Tattoo's presentation, you realize that we also have a toll-free line. Most of the time, we only hear about toll-free from the US and these developed countries. So I think this is very interesting and we should take note on that. And we are going to share to share the information as we end our session. So this session we're going to have like a, a, a Q&A session with our second speaker. It's not going to be a presentation. And I'd just like to uh, call upon Marie to be ready. Marie Abanga is from Cameroon and we're going to talk about the psycho therapy part of our presentation today and this is very interesting that like our participants and everyone to be attentive so that you can comment and have your questions ready and uh, welcome marie uh, welcome oh, no. thank you maria um yes i didn't prepare a presentation per se because uh, i want to keep it very practical and i want to keep it real 
whenever I talk, yeah. when I have a personal experience, I use it so that people can relate and then be able to see for themselves um, how it can affect them and how they can help themselves and other people, right? So yes. uh, that's why I didn't do a presentation, but I would want to look at, um, first of all, the idea that menstruation is not an unclean thing, it's not a bad thing, it's not a sin, it's not a crime, you know. For me, it's like, how can we even shame the very thing that brings everybody to the world? You know, if a woman doesn't menstruate, then the woman has some problems with her fertility, with her reproductive system. That's why it is like, it should be celebrated when a child starts menstruating, but it's more of like we should hide. And that's where the stigma starts from. Um, so talking about it, it's very um, important. It is very salutary. And you know, in my house, I have three boys, so I don't have a daughter. And uh, there is no hiding of anything. They buy the pad, I send them, they take one for me from the room when my period starts unexpectedly, I'm in the toilet, who else can I call? The boys. I talk to them about it, you know, I, I don't hide my pad, I don't, I talk, I post it on Facebook, I talk about menstruation everywhere. And it also helps me not to consider it as something to be ashamed of. If I walk around and I see somebody tells me, oh, you have a stain, I'm not going to start making like that and then start tying myself up and start saying, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. No, why? It's a normal thing. Look, menstruation is a cyclical discharging of blood, secretions, and tissues from the uterus that we cause in non-pregnant breeding age primate females in approximately monthly intervals. So it is a normal cycle, you know, you, you, you have the accumulation in your body. And then if you don't get uh, abuse of the egg forms, and then if the egg is not fertilized, then it has to be discharged. It happens in the body of the woman. And so you, 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 it, it happens on cycles when you're, you're almost, when you get to a certain age, then you start menstruating. Now, one thing we need to know is that when a child doesn't have the right information, when they start menstruating, they might start being so scared about what is happening to them. They might think that, oh, this is a shameful thing. It's a sin. You know, sometimes some people will say, oh, the Bible says when a woman is menstruating, she's unclean, so she should be kept in some place. In some communities in India, I mean, a group, what's the world post? Some sisters say how one child died because she was kept in the village hut. There's a hut there for two weeks. When you are menstruating, you stay there. They dig a hole and you sit on that hole, chew out. That's where you menstruate until you finish and you sleep there. So you can even be attacked by wild animals in that place. They just come and put the food there. You are treated like an animal. Imagine they take you, you start menstruating, they take you out of school. That's in those communities where they cannot even, um, you know, they don't know nothing. They cannot buy the pad and all of those things. So they take you out of school, you stay there for two weeks, you are ostracized. You start feeling so terrible. You start feeling like everybody is rejecting you. And then the next month, the same thing, the next month, the same thing. In the end, you can lose your mind. So menstruation 
can really affect um, a woman's mental health, a girl, especially the young girl who is already struggling with self-esteem issues, who is already struggling with self-identity issues, yeah. who is just struggling with, with some awareness about what life is all about. Now there's the menstruation, now there are the hormonal imbalances, the moods are affected. Maybe as uh, the speaker before me said, you don't even have the money, so you might have to go out with some man. I think Calvin even told me about one girl who went out with uh, different uh, bike riders, I think you call them Okada people, just to get money to buy the car. And then in the end, they got pregnant and got infected. Can you just imagine like because of menstruation and not having access to um, sanitary products or the, you know, like even the support from the society, you, you find yourself not dealing with so many other uh, challenges. And during periods like this, COVID, the stress already from the pandemic, adding now to the stress of maybe not having part or, or maybe being ashamed of menstruating or, you know, maybe the way people are treating you, considering you to be a burden, maybe in some families, because, well, they don't spend money on boys every month to buy them parts. And parts are not given for free. Whereas condoms are given for free in some places, but parts are not given for free. So now if there's no yeah. money to buy the parts, there's no money, you don't even have a towel you can cut to use, you don't have any fabric, there's no toilet roll, there's no, you know, there's no information, no organization you can go to who can help you. Some people have, I read a story of a girl who got so depressed to the point where she committed suicide because she was saying to herself, how can I spend the rest of my life going through this every month? And I personally used to have such a painful cycle. At one point in my secondary school year, they would give me injections every month just to help me with the cramps. Even in my adult age, three months ago, I had to take medication. You know, sometimes I was taking suppositories. I used both a pad and a tampon. Sometimes I have heavy flows. You know, those things can affect your mood. They can affect, they do affect the times when, oh my God, three days before the period, I am just nervous and all of Hi, Marie, it's like we've lost you and you are just getting started. So what, what Marie is trying to do right now is to answer our questions on uh, can trauma cause, uh, can trauma affect menstrual health? And how does period shaming affect teenagers psychologically? That's where the suicidal thoughts come in. And that's where maybe if this particular uh, teenager doesn't have baby funds to buy sanitary pads, they can exchange their body with older men. And, you know, the consequences are so, so much more, uh, not only pregnancies, but then contracting uh, other STIs and everything that is negative in their life. The circle of their life kind of kind of remains stagnated and as we are here we're just trying to find ways on how to deal with these traumatized teenagers 
due to menstrual health issues and i believe in this forum uh those who have logged in are adults and on our last session i just realized that i told i we tried to sensitize our audience so that when we have such sessions you you can assemble some few teenagers like boys or girls because it's during covid we can't go to schools so even if your neighbor has got like a teenager you can assemble them and spread the news so that when we have such a session they can be around you and we listen together as we have uh, as we do uh, awareness to the whole society because if we only sensitize girls what about the boys they, they won't understand what's happening and that's a problem that's what we want to demystify and i think our speaker has just left i don't know i don't know what's wrong i think her network is is having problems and uh, when she comes she can finish but for now i'd like us to have questions on the chat box we are talking about mental effects mental wellness in regards to menstrual health and if you have got any comment or question you can just write it uh, in the chat box and we will respond to them and uh, tattoo there is some noise coming from your side may you just mute still i think oh marie's back Right. Yeah, what happened? I'm sorry. I don't know. You you dropped, and we're just trying to find on ways on how we can deal with traumatized situations among <laughs> our teenagers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. that was basically what I wanted to say. So now I'll be answering any questions. Yeah. If you've got a question and you'd like to talk, you can just let us know and give you time, or you can just chat uh, it on the chat. You can just write it on the chat box. And uh, Marion, if you have um, questions to you know what we had discussed, maybe I could just be talking about mm -hmm. that. Um, and if any question comes yeah. up, I could answer that. So I remember you yeah. you asked me three specific questions, right? Yes. I asked you about can trauma affect menstrual health? Can it affect like maybe if a teenager is uh, um, is already experiencing their menstruation, uh, uh -huh. can they like get affected through trauma? And trauma can be so many things. Maybe they were bullied uh, in school during their first the very first experience on menstrual menstruation so uh -huh. can this affect their menstrual health as they grow yeah trauma can affect your menstrual health your menstrual hygiene and when it affects your menstrual hygiene i think that is your mental health again being affected first of all trauma is already something that is affecting your your mental health um, and trauma can be physical, trauma can be emotional. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, the lockdown is traumatic. It's causing a lot of distress in people. 
it is not the virus that is making us scared as much as the uncertainty of what can happen, how long it would happen. We don't know for how long we will have to be wearing masks to go all over the place. And so we are all getting anxious and nervous. You can get into an accident and that leaves you uh, either paralyzed or that keeps you in the hospital for months. That is a trauma and that can affect your menstrual health because your body is going to respond to it. And you know, um, a menstrual cycle, that is why you have a period for the cycle. Some cycles you call the regular cycles, 26, between 26 to 20, 28 days. Some cycles are not regular. Some cycles are too long. So our bodies respond differently to what happens in our bodies. And remember, our brain is part of our body. So what happens to our brain can also affect what happens in the rest of our body. So if you go through a traumatic experience, let's say an accident, let's say a parent dies suddenly, and maybe that parent was your only um, bread breadwinner in the family. You don't even know where you're going to have food to eat the next day. Uh, your body contracts. And so your period can also stop. There were times I, I stopped menstruating for like three months and I was concerned and I was like, am I pregnant? But I, I am not slept with nobody. So I, I was like, oh my goodness, could this be immaculate conception? I was like, I'll go to the hospital at the end. Don't laugh. It's just three months, uh, like four months ago. I was like, I have to go to the hospital. But And then I prayed and I fasted for three days and then the period came. So this is, this is like, I'm talking things that happened to me and at my age, right? If it happened, just imagine for a young girl, I was so traumatized with the outbreak of the, the measures, the lockdown, and as a mother with the children and everything. And then I'm already getting old, so my period is no more as heavy or constant. And then now trauma sets in, and I already live with post-traumatic stress disorder. So my whole system just goes through an imbalance. And for three months, I actually thought I was pregnant. And I was praying and wondering, oh God, what happened? Yeah. So yes, trauma can affect your menstrual period. The stress of the trauma. If you have, um, you were in an abusive marriage. I was once in an abusive relationship, and then you leave. The trauma of what you went through, and what you are going to face now, because there's so much uncertainty also in what you are going to face outside there now, as a single woman. At the same time, there was so much trauma brought about by what you went through. That can make your period, your cycle to just freeze. Sometimes even for up to six months. You might even have to go and take medication to induce that cycle. And so you can get so worried, like, what is happening to me? What are, you know? So for a young girl, it's the same thing. Anything can happen to you and then your, your, your system reacts and then yes your your period is affected either it becomes too heavy or it stops flowing or you know it comes even two times a month some people have periods which come two times a month and that's so embarrassing especially when you cannot even afford the the no. the parts and all of that yeah yeah and uh right about now in the rural areas in africa actually mm -hmm. during this pandemic people are so affected even the parents and guardians are very much affected and there's oh. a report going around that um, guardians and parents 
they no longer want problems with their teenage uh, daughters they they mm. want to marry them off so that the economic status because economic status uh, right now is very pathetic people have lost jobs businesses yeah. have closed down so they'd rather just give give out their their daughters for marriage because oh, no. they can't afford to feed them to buy pads if you can't afford to feed someone of course you can't buy pads because it's a luxury so sure. many many rural areas and they're being married off to very old people and these people they might even be uh, infected with so many diseases so it's kind of tricky and uh, very sad so we're just trying to create awareness on this because girls mm-hmm. are our future and boys are our future as well and uh, i can see some questions are coming in as well mm-hmm. yeah 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 so uh how does period shaming affect teenagers psychologically coming from a psychotherapist like you marie yes uh i would talk from experience again i had a young girl who had been raped because i also work with girls who have been raped with, with children who have been raped and then she was raped actually because she left school when her period started in school and her friends were laughing at her and saying look at look at what embarrassment is this is so shameful how can your mother send you to school without putting a pad inside your bag and so she left school and she was going back home and she was crying and so some guy you know stopped by and said oh what's wrong with you why are you going to and she just told the guy and the guy said oh don't worry menstruation that's okay and then the guy carried her and said okay i will take you home and instead of taking her home he raped her and yes so you have the embarrassment of the period shaming and then the trauma of the rape and so she was completely uh, uh, disoriented like she was she just lost her mind and she was so angry uh, towards her parents she was so ashamed she was so uh, scared of people she didn't want to go back to school you know so um her, her parents brought her to me to help her at that time I was working at the hospital and I worked with this girl for over one year you know like one thing led to the other one thing led to the other so period shaming is not good that is why I am very uh, I'm an advocate on social media I uh, I have a I have a girl who has a campaign called be period positive and I joined her campaign you know I'm like we should not shame people for menstruating that's why i started by saying menstruation is a, a normal thing it's not a sin it's not a crime yeah. so why should you shame somebody for menstruating quite uh, that's a very good question and uh, just going back to our audience we have questions arising and one is dedan omondi is asking how can we reduce menstrual cramps or is menorrhea when it unfortunately occurs to a poor girl who cannot access proper medical assistance can you imagine now that is why organizations like uh, um, the first speakers one are very important because uh, we know that government or social services should provide those kind of services but i don't know about your country but in my country 
those services are not provided like that so it's very challenging and then those things are i want to tell you that some of those things are also caused by stress from the environment stress from your from your home you know like i remember growing up you know i also grew up in a difficult um, home so there were times when i was so stressed and i would have terrible cramps that month i even remember three months ago when i had terrible cramps that was when i was also very stressed because of the pandemic and stuff but last month i didn't have so um some people's systems just get worked up when menses are starting for example people who live with uh, some life-threatening illnesses like sickle cell uh, because of the, the blood they lose so much so their systems go through much more um, pain than other systems you know but what can we do we can um, really sometimes even just the social support you know uh, can help you can help your body to relax much more than when there's no social support yeah and actually that is why we formed with uh as a cbo which is working with the rural uh, area uh, communities so what we do is try to find these poor girls not poor per se let me use uh, from underserved communities so that we can work with them in this journey yeah so and the next question comes from sami sami has got two questions and one is apart from stress or trauma delaying one's period can it can it cause uh, can it cause it to occur earlier than expected apart from what stress and trauma stress or uh-huh. trauma yes mm-hmm. delay like stress and trauma delays one's period yeah I, yeah so can it cause it to come earlier than expected of course it can cause it to come earlier as well as it can delay that is true you yeah. know sometimes when you are stressed you can be anxious and you can overeat for example right some people mm-hmm. when they are stressed they don't eat some people when they are stressed they cannot stop eating so it is the same thing with our body it reacts differently you know and so uh, uh, sometimes you are stressed and instead your body uh, relaxes and releases uh, the blood earlier than normal and sometimes no it doesn't so yes we need to we need to work, work watch our our mind our mental well-being so that everything stays normal because that is what mental health is all about a state of normal wellness here all right thank you for that and sami is still asking another question and is it normal for a lady to experience the circle in a span of just two weeks apart and, and mm. i i think mm. be, before you respond i think some some of the things like cramps or uh dysmenorrhea sometimes mm-hmm. it might not be cramps it might be endometriosis because right now the disease is taking over and many many women are experiencing it but until you are diagnosed you can never know what you're suffering from yeah that is true so that's why yeah, i just yeah. wanted to say that it will be good to uh, go to the hospital if you can go to the hospital yeah 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 all right so what about the last question is it normal for a lady to experience the circle in a span of just two weeks apart uh no that's not normal uh, two weeks is what 14 days right exactly 
I think uh, a normal cycle is uh, what 20, 26. So if it's 22, we could say well, but when it's below that, then it will be good to yes to consult the doctor. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's all the questions we've got. Steve, do you want to take it all, uh, over or? There was a third question. You remember, Marion? Yeah. Oh, the third question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you responded for it. Okay. The third question is: Can we do? Can, what can we do in dealing with traumatized teenagers due to menstrual health? Yes, it, it's very important once again to realize or to remember that menstruation is not a bad thing menstruation is not a sin menstruation is not a crime if we talk to our young ones i buy a big bucket of fat like the whole bucket like that in my house and i put it up and anybody who wants it because i live with my my junior sister she knows where she can get it you know just go and take the part there nobody should be um no young person should feel ashamed for menstruating i think that is what we all should do and if we do it imagine everybody is getting that information and everybody is talking about it and then the young ones will hear and know that no it is not a bad thing so they shouldn't be ashamed okay now the ones who are already traumatized because of it maybe because they're so embarrassed they cannot afford the sanitary pad because i'm talking like somebody who can afford what about the youngest who cannot afford they are going to feel so embarrassed so we can yeah. find other ways to um you know to, for them to manage their hygiene you must not use a pad i think uh, uh the first speaker talked about uh, for example i don't know the cup and there are some organizations which offer those cups for free um you can even use a towel right you can use just know that it is not a bad thing and that there are other options. I really wish that people don't remove children from school when they're menstruating. Because sometimes it's like people are so embarrassed that the children are menstruating and then they remove them from school. And that parents, we need to advocate. Parents should stop treating girls, especially girls who are menstruating, like they're such an embarrassment. Like you said, parents who marry their children up because they cannot take care of them. Why did you have the children in the first place? We need to talk with these girls, talk with these girls, talk with these girls, and talk with the parents too. That's why I loved it when the first speaker mentioned that it concerns everybody, the parents, the boys, and the girls. Right. Thank you for that feedback. And just to go back to Sami's question, I think Tatum Jaka is someone who's dealing with the, these scenarios on the, on the ground. And... Uh, Tatu, would you just clarify uh, if, just add something on Sami's last question. And the question was, is it normal for a lady to experience this, uh, the circle in a span of just two weeks apart? Yes, this was the question. Uh, when a girl is growing, or even uh, others to some extent, we don't have uh, maybe standards circles the normal circle or the standard circle which all of us are mostly aware it is a 28 day circle that is what we call the regular 
circle, the regular menstrual circle, where you see your periods after every 28 days. But still, there are other people who have shorter circles. And these shorter circles may range from 14 days, that is two weeks, and even 21 days. And there are those who have longer circles. Some people see their periods after 35 days or even 42 days. So when you see that, it is not abnormal. The only thing you need to understand the biology of menstruation. So this simply means by the time you are menstruating, your ovulation has already started. So within that uh, period, you realize you have your periods. This is a question many times we've been having from children. They will ask you, how comes I'm having my periods two times in a month? And when you calculate with that, you realize it is actually, it is after every two weeks. So it is good to educate the children to understand the biology of the menstruation and that uh, we are not the same. And especially for young people, most of them, their periods are not regular. They are the ones who are experiencing irregular periods, unless there are other issues, but that one can be normal. And as they grow up, they end up having stable uh, circles, the ones we call regular menstrual circles. So it is normal to some people. Although all of us or most of us are used to 28 days, but we have those for 42 and 41, 21, 35, and 28. So it is normal. It is individual again. It is not standard. Thank wow, you. Wow. Thank you, Tatu, for that uh, explanation. I think we have all learned we are different human beings. And uh, Kindly just mute when you're not talking, please. All right. Thank you so much. I think we are done with our with our um, Q and A session, and I'd like Steve to come back. And the floor is yours, Steve. I think my work is done now. Wow. Wow. All right. Thank you so wow. much. Thank you. Thank you, Marian. Right. Uh, we want to first appreciate every speaker who's spoken today. And uh, I believe all of us have been impacted with a lot of knowledge on this area. Uh, we want to thank them that they found time to, to just be with us and, and, and just dispense this information to us. And I also want to appreciate the participants who were able to uh, uh, just bring their ideas and questions into this. And also acknowledge that the the men have not been left out because I, I was able to notice that people like Sami and Didan were able to bring some questions. Also uh, bringing to the light that men are still part of this conversation and they are doing everything they can to be able to ensure that we, uh, the girls have been helped. Probably you, you're asking yourself why we do this. What do we want to achieve at the end of the day with this online um, program that we do every month on, on menstrual health. So what we actually want to achieve that is uh, in partnership with Gweth Foundation, NetPlus, is one, we want to be able to dispense the right information on menstrual health and just create awareness on the issues that surround menstrual health. And two, to be able to raise the capacity of both individuals, organizations, families, um, so that they can be able to bring adequate solutions to the problems that occur 
Number three, we also want to demystify. We want to demystify the theories that we hold. We want to demystify the myths that are there that surround menstrual hygiene and also just the menstrual uh, uh, conversation. Then the great thing again, we want to be able to bring men into this conversation because men as well contribute to uh, greatly into the lives of uh, young girls and women that are there. And the most and the greatest of them all is we want to be able to provide uh, alternative and available solutions on issues concerning pads. We want to make pads available for everyone uh, to be able to to uh, get them and especially for girls who are living uh, under adverse conditions and uh, situations that they are not able to to get uh, uh, pads and and any other uh, uh, equipment that they can use like tampons and uh, uh, reusable uh, uh, towels. So that is what we, we aim to, to achieve and that is what NetPlus and with uh, are doing so that we can be able to ensure that our girls are in school and that their lives continue normally even when they are having their monthly periods. So uh, my sincere gratitude to everyone who was able to uh, find time and join us we really appreciate your support. We really appreciate that you found time to be with us. Uh, we want to thank uh, the two organizations that have worked so hard. We want to thank uh, our, our founder, Cheryl, uh, from NetPlus. And also we want to thank Marion from uh, With Foundation. Uh, we want to thank you that you've been able to, to, to partner with us. Um, at this particular time, I think I want to welcome Justin Gimigu to uh, close with a word of prayer so that we can all uh, leave. Justin? Steve, just before we pray, yes, I just want to add something a little bit. And I'd like Lydia Cowell to say something. Uh, okay. She has been uh, having some issues with connection. Lydia, please, you're welcome just before we pray sure yeah right thank you Lydia yes uh, I'm here thank you so much Stephen thank you Marion uh, sorry guys I uh, just I had some uh, problems with my internet but I just want to say thank you everyone for joining us today uh, I hope you learned as much as I did and I want to thank people from Lund who have been with us since we started this uh, this session so um yeah, um, I think that's that's it from me. So thank you. Thanks, thank you, Lydia. And uh, for today we didn't say where we are logging in from, but I can see people are from West Africa, Kenya, um, South Africa as well, and we have uh, people from Sweden. Thank you so much, guys. And, uh, let us have the prayer, please.